Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Akash Pat, and you're listening to the DCVC podcast where we bring leading investors investing in tech startups in India. I am very excited to bring to you another panel that we have converted to an audio format and sharing it with each and every one of you who was unable to make it to the DCVC summit. This one is my personal favorite. It's about operator VCs. It feels logical that operators who have successfully started and built companies themselves might have an advantage when trying to spot the next generation of founders, or at the very least, they are more likely to have practical advice for the teams they back. So with that said, we have Sia Rajparohit moderating this wonderful panel, which had Revant Bhate, CEO of Mosaic Wellness, along with Utsav Samani, partner at Angel List India, where they had a discussion around why operator VCs are on the rise and the value that they bring to the table and why more founders today are very open to having operator VCs on their cap table than a traditional institutional VC. So without further ado, let's head in and listen to the conversation. Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to the Operator VC session. I'm Sia Rajprohit, and I'm going to be the moderator um, for this conversation. Super excited to have both Ravant and Utsav here, um, two of the coolest investors in the sector who have a lot of thoughts about the future of VC in India. So before we dive into that, I'll provide some quick context about operator investors and what that means. So for the past several years, operators have been entering venture capital and have the opportunity to potentially transform early stage investing. In the first phase of operator investors, established funds like Sequoia and Andreessen hired former operators as investors um, to help support founders. The second wave was operator angels, which we'll talk a lot about today, about angel networks that have popped up in every subcategory and region, enabling current startup operators to kind of help reshape early stage cap tables. And then the third wave is operator-led VC funds, which we've seen a rise of in the US, and we'll kind of dig deeper into when we can see that happen in India. So let's get started with introductions. Um, Ravant, you have a very interesting background where you have been an investment banker, an entrepreneur, a VC, and an entrepreneur again. Could you share a bit about what propelled you to start investing and the relationship you see between those two roles? Oh, thanks a lot, Sia, for having me here today. Um, so I think the, uh, I mean, started my career with investment banking and then uh, got jaded pretty quickly on the advisory part, wanted to get my hands dirty, which is where I ended up as a uh, operator, early stage operator with Rebel Foods, uh, where largely I think I learned how to play the game, right? Effectively, how to create business in India. Uh, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time, a lot of hard work. And uh, during that course, obviously, as we built out the business, uh, built out interesting brands, got more and more cultural in the ecosystem and could meet other fellow entrepreneurs who wanted some advice or some uh, learn from some of the mistakes that we had done, right? Which is where I realized that I could get some skin in the game invest. That's what the that's where I started my angel investing journey. Um, after about five years at Rebel, got an opportunity to uh, become a VC with K-Start, which was effectively a, a seed fund. And you know, I think the, the role sort of when I was uh, early stage company operator was more like a player. Uh, the role of a VC ended up being more like a coach 
where uh, you would invest and sort of assist the founders uh, think through a bunch of things, especially in the early stage. Um, maybe a couple of years after that, and Utsab knows this, right? We kept we kept meeting up while I was at KSTAR. Um, a lot of people kept telling me you still have the, uh, you see, still seem to have the hunger to play, uh, which is where I have become a player or you could say a captain now effectively running my own ship uh, as an entrepreneur again. Uh, I think each a good player maybe we are, may end up being a bad coach, uh, may end up being a bad captain. Uh, a good coach may become a bad player. I mean, may have been a bad player, right? So I don't think those roles are synonymous. Just being good at one doesn't mean you can be good at all. Um, I think I was a good operator. I, uh, the verdict is still out whether I was a good VC. Um, hopefully, I'll be a good captain in this uh, in this state. But what 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 really keeps me going is the fact that I'm still part of the same ecosystem, playing different roles. But as I'm donning each of these hats, I continue to learn and I really enjoy. I mean, what I do uh, every day is just because I have the you know the continuous quest to keep learning uh, more and more new things and continue to do do something exciting, right? Uh, continue to now angel invest and maybe play coach sometimes with a few entrepreneurs, but not as often as I would like because uh, my own business keeps me pretty busy. Got it. We'll dive a little bit more into your background and the motivations behind that. But first, let's turn to Utsav for introductions. Um, Utsav, you started angel investing back in 2014 with Mumbai Angels and the Indian Angel Network, and then went on to like build out Angelist India. What drew you to investing and how did you first connect with the companies that became your first investments? So Angelist India, I think uh, I discovered Naval and Angelist uh, through podcast and uh, truly what I really admired, uh, everything I think is an infrastructure problem. What AWS and iPhone solved and sort of unleashed the whole mobile era of uh, apps and businesses, a Angelist did the same for operator VCs or operator angels. Like people first used to think that the person with the biggest checkbook is the smartest investor, but truly like when sort of Angelist was being built out and syndicates was truly the first principles approach to sort of unbundling capital and judgment. It allowed operators like Rayvon and other people in the US as well to just pop up this uh, small one-time fund. They can focus on their day jobs. They don't have to worry about raising capital or any of the back office formalities. So truly before Angelist was uh, sort of pioneered, I mean, when Angelist pioneered syndicates in US in 2013, it truly, un I mean, unleashed a whole new class of investors known as operator VCs or operator angels, actually. I mean, so it's a natural progression that first, I mean, people start getting liquidity and then they start backing other operators because they're sort of in their uh, different journey of entrepreneurship. So that really attracted me to this whole concept where now sitting behind uh, this thing, it's a software enabled moment of operator VC or operator late uh, pop up funds known as syndicates. And that truly was uh, it for me. And that's when I discovered uh, that I should uh, uh, get in touch with Naval, wanted to bring this to India. And we solved a whole bunch of problems, not just for creator angels, but for founders as well. Cap tables were a mess. Everything is just a nightmare in India to close a paperwork uh, led round. I mean, wet signatures, 50 signatures, 50 couriers is just a nightmare. So we wanted to solve all of that uh, using a product led approach at Angelus. So that truly, uh, so 2018 was when I actually actively started doing this because I mean the liquidity was not a concern if I was getting access to great founders and operators who want uh, founders and sort of uh, entrepreneurs who wanted to raise capital for me now I could be a bit more uh, sort of uh, free-flowing in my investing styles and help them out more at scale so this is when I think 2018 is when I truly started uh, investing a little bit more uh, through Angelus of course dog fooding the platform and launching syndicates and then angel funds uh, also because 
I think it's a natural progression in the ecosystem where people uh, build up a sort of a track record like First Check or Better Capital, which were syndicates, and now they've graduated to running micro funds. So truly, I think it's an ecosystem maturing phase where I think people just uh, first, uh, I mean, uh, run through a life cycle. There's more liquidity which comes in through people getting exits and all of those things. So seeing all of that explode at Angelus India, and along this while I've raised a small micro fund of myself. Uh, slightly privileged in a position where Angelus is a global brand name, so I have access to some of the best operators in US. And uh, so Naval and a few other people wanted exposure to Indian founders, and I think a lot more SaaS and enterprise companies are being started up. So I see it was sort of my way to bridge the two ecosystems together by not just getting capital, but also getting knowledge and uh, access to first set of customers, first set of uh, your knowledge-based, uh, uh, I mean, sessions uh, for founders who are taking a check from IC. And that was, uh, uh, my recent uh, sort of uh, venture. Yeah. What's up? It would be awesome if you can kind of talk about the progression of the Indian ecosystem. Let's say if starting from 2014 to now, um, what kind of angels have you seen like come up in the past couple of years? And what what is your hypothesis for the next couple of years? Uh, so I think the Indian ecosystem probably started around 2012. I think uh, when this uh, unknown guy called Lee Fixel just blew things up uh, with Tiger Global and his aggressive check writing, I think that's when people realize that this is an asset class. When it reaches the front page of Economic Times, I think that's when it catches the attention of everyone. So that's when I think the early angels were probably folks who were like slightly older, who were running IT services firms like Capgemini and all of these guys investing through offline angel networks because that offline angle was uh, sort of the first step, angel investing 1.0, where you see that you hold hands with the entrepreneur, uh, you make him pitch, uh, him or her pitch in front of you and all of those things. But then. I think with platforms like Let's Venture and AngelList, it truly moved online because now people from smaller towns and uh, different backgrounds wanted to invest. You had startups which had matured to Unicorn Plus stages, and there were CXOs at these companies who wanted to invest and support other entrepreneurs. And founders increasingly become smart over time in the last, I mean, it's not even a decade old, the Indian investing story. And I think over the last decade, they've become smarter about who they want to raise capital from on their cap table. because. I mean, equity is the most precious asset that a founder has. And now they're slowly realizing that, hey, uh, instead of going to an angel network and raising from 50 people who I don't even know, I can literally reach out to all of the best angels or operators online or through my off offline networks and actually just pool all of this in a single check. So now we're truly at the phase where founders are becoming super smart and they should be. Uh, a bad angel can make or break your uh, company in I mean, ways that uh, I don't think anybody wants to talk about in public forum. but. Having a good angel investor can truly boost the chances of your success. And Ravant has been amazing. I love co-investing with him. He's been super helpful. And I mean, truly, uh, epitome of uh, operator VC or operator angel uh, uh, is what I think the ecosystem needs right now. Yeah. Ravant, in our prep call, you mentioned that you like investing in companies that you can learn from while you continue being an operator yourself. Could you talk a little bit more about the other advantages of being like an operator angel? both for yourself and for the ecosystem. Yeah, so I think, see, everybody has different styles of angel investing. If I go back to my first investment, it was uh, introduced to me, my my current co-founder, uh, we've, we've known each other for 15 years now. And he said, uh, you know, you've done marketing for a B2C company and this is a founder who needs help in brand building and marketing, right? Why don't you do a call? And we did a couple of calls and then you know, the founder said, why don't you invest? I would love to take, you know, a couple of hours every month from you. And that is how I was introduced to the world of angel investing, which is the only thing I have known, right? I have sort of ended up investing in companies where um, 
I mean, it's it's not a great thing to be a little hands on, but I love to sort of spend time with the entrepreneurs because either I am adding value to uh, his or her life uh, or the venture, or I'm learning something from them uh, every second. I have till date not invested in any company where I don't speak to the founder at least once a month, which actually thoroughly limits a l- the volume of investments I can make because in the end I have a primary uh, responsibility of running my own business, right? So. I don't think I do more than four or five checks a year, uh, because founders also mature. After two years, founder doesn't really need my help. I, I in fact, need to keep finding time to uh, try and learn from the founder who's built out a great business as well, right? So, and there are folks who do it purely as an asset class uh, in terms of distribution of their risk across different asset classes, right? So there are both kinds of uh, operator angels, if I can call it that. Um, Everyone, you know, there are different styles. There are different reasons why people do it, and uh, I don't think there's any particular right or wrong in uh, angel investing per se. Um, I think for me, fundamentally, as I said, I, I I I think I am the person I am today because a lot of folks have helped me get here, and I need to make sure that I paid forward in some way. So uh, any business, any any entrepreneur where uh, he or she thinks I can help. Uh, and I think I can help. Uh, both have to align. Is some? I mean, that's the first cut that I would look at, and uh, uh, and, and then go it right. And I think that continues to work for me because there's a uh, there's a fundamental premise that your brain can only hold so much. There's only so much value add that you could do. So um, in the end, if you want to keep learning more apart from your business, then you need to keep expanding your horizons across sectors. So in fact, for the last six months and for this year as well, a lot of folks who know me, I've told them that you know, uh, if there are any interesting businesses in uh, spaces like agri, you know, when I have no clue what's happening, right? And I may be able to help in different ways, but I want to learn what's happening in the agri economy in India, right? So in the end, you you also do it for your continuous quest of learning because no, there are no great books written about agri in India and how this is supposed to evolve and you need to be part of that ecosystem to always continuously keep learning. So I think the continuous learning piece across both sides is the only metric that I have uh, and continue to have uh, because I mean, in the end, if you are doing it for reasons for making money, then you are doing the wrong thing because I have my own business to make money from, right? Uh, I have to make money from uh, what Mosaic Wellness builds out uh, as such. And, uh, And so is the case for every operator. I would in fact, uh, always recommend entrepreneurs to always look at how many cap tables uh, is a particular angel part of. And it's not necessary that someone being part of 57 cap tables is actually the best investor for you. May just be a good name, but may not be. I mean, so and also depends what you're looking for. Maybe you're just looking for a, a good name to be part of the cap table. But if you really want help, uh, look at folks who uh, would spend time with you and sort of guide you in your journey. And that continues like, I have 37 angels on my cap table in spite of having three large VCs. And the reason we chose each of them was because we knew what help we would need. And at my age with gray hair, I still need help, right? So we've gone about and requested these angels to be part of our cap table because we wanted time from them. And the and the most precious commodity that anyone has today is time. It's actually not money. So money was a way to just get that access to that time.
Um, the point you made about investing for passion or like learning versus the actual financial returns is interesting. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Neville Ravikant said on Clubhouse that he doesn't invest only for financial returns. It's more about just satisfying his curiosity about different sectors. Given that kind of mentality that operator angels might have, um, how do you think that changes what early stage cap tables look like? Um, are the, are operator angels more patient than other investors? And what does that mean for like financial returns for pre-seed and seed companies? So you're right, actually, uh, uh, I think angels, uh, or at least a particular brand of angels who are investing for continuous learning would be the most patient capital because effectively, if you're investing for learning, you're written off the amount the moment you invested it. Uh, this is not to say that the entrepreneurs are back won't perform well or make some good returns but it's just that you are not looking at that aspect when you're making decisions and that's very very critical right there's an investment that me and Utsab did recently about two months back and uh, everybody balked at the uh, pre-money valuation for a pre-seed pre-product idea stage startup but uh, I think we were confident that that is the right thing to do for the business right so when you're doing it outside of financial returns only you would do what is the best thing for the business to succeed which is i think a very solid nuance that comes in and i've seen enough angel cap tables where uh, angel investors hold 15 percent even before uh, the product is launched now it may be a necessity for some entrepreneurs to do that but it's not the best thing to generate outcomes because uh, lopsided cap tables never work well in the long run right so um I think if you put the entrepreneur and the business in the center, it's very hard to do so if you're looking only at financial returns, right? And this is a situation that all of us will often end up in. But the term angel becomes a misnomer if you are not really uh, worried about the entrepreneur or the business first versus uh, looking at only financial returns. So I think it's it's very, very helpful to get the right angels on the cap table uh, as early on as possible. Uh, because in the end, if they are, and you know, because you quoted Navel, I mean, in the end, he's the one who's all trained all of us on play long-term games with long-term people, right? So you get the law, right angels who are, who are playing the long game effectively, then um, you would also work harder to make sure that those angels get commensurate return as well for the investment that they're making. Yeah. But sir, it would be awesome if you can weigh in, and especially in the context of how you think this will impact like pre-seed and seed stage funds that are much more established. I think it's going to get competitive, but also operator angels don't get too competitive also. Uh, they're more collaborative in nature because everyone is sort of like complementing each other in some set uh, skill sets or the other, right? I mean, Raven's great with something and other angels like, uh, I mean, Amrish, Jitain, and all of these super angels who sort of built and scaled and exited companies are, uh, bring, they bring a certain set of sales guys, right? And say somebody might be good in like FinTech scaling up or hiring, or somebody can be good in like sort of D2C scaling up or performance-based marketing. So truly, I mean, uh, some people help you in fundraising, like I'm helpful in sort of helping open doors and like social connecting of capital for uh, upstream capital raises. So everybody brings such a certain set of skill sets that I think cap tables are increasingly going to look more diverse in nature uh, where operator angels come together to help a company and increase the chances of his or her success as a founder. Uh, so I think it's going to become very, very interesting as a landscape. And we should, I mean, in US look at uh, I mean, we were doing syndicates in 2013 to 2018. Then, I mean, we did angel funds where sort of Ryan Hoover's product hunt, Neve Offshore Capital, and Brian of Work Life Ventures, they've all become certain niche operators and investors in their particular skill sets, like future of work tools or 
consumer social for Ryan Hoover. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. So cap tables are going to increasingly look more and more amazing and diverse now in India as well. Yeah, you mentioned like the value add being that operator angels can help with fundraising, thinking about future rounds. What are some of the other specific um, value adds that operator angels can have? I think the first set of customers and hiring uh, as well. I think a lot of people are helpful in that aspect. And I think increasingly in India, I'm hearing from a lot of founders that hiring is one of the biggest challenges which nobody else is talking about in public. Fundraising is just a milestone which is celebrated on the headlines. But I think to be honest, uh, great teams are made uh, behind the scenes. And I think hiring is something that we're looking at more actively on how to solve it. And I think given that Angelus India has a large portfolio, a lot of people uh, shut down and those are great people. Uh, which can be planted in different companies as well based on certain skill sets. So hiring is definitely one, I think, where angels can sort of build that web of uh, connections and companies and verify talent uh, to help each other. Uh, apart from that, I mean, truly, I mean, if Ravent is backed by three of the topmost VCs in the country, if Ravent is on your cap table, you can make sure that you at the right stage and time and certain set of metrics will be in front of those three VCs as well. So it's that he's built uh, companies, he's built uh, Rebel Foods, he's built, uh, I mean, K-Start, and now he's uh, building Mosaic Wellness as well. Uh, disclosure, I'm a small, tiny angel in that uh, company as well. I'm one of those 37 people on his cap table. So truly, I mean, you'll get a whole set of different experiences. Uh, Amrish, uh, Jitain are super active. Kunal Shah is super active. Uh, all, all of these are super angels who have now come to that stage that they are branded capital, but I think a lot of founders should also try to reach out to operators who are actually not branded capital or sort of this thing, right? Because most of these people have built over the last few times companies which are, I mean, their angel portfolios are over 60, 70 companies. It becomes impossible to sort of now, uh, uh, I mean, sort of do uh, sort of things that they can, uh, I mean, you can't uh, scale advice or you can't scale networks, right? So it truly is, I think, uh, somebody who's just starting up there investing career as an operator and you should try to see how we can uh, get them on your cap table and angelus is the best way to do that i mean sorry plugging shameless plug. <laughs> we will check a lot of these operators don't have that much liquidity but they still want to invest between one lakh to five lakhs in a company and i mean comes as a bundle of one single value add check on your cap table and you truly just have to press one button and you can reach out to all these operators or investors uh, to get uh, collective advice or opening door uh, kind of help so, Ravan, that'd be awesome if you can also weigh in on the value add, especially for like, um, I think like the value add you have added to your portfolio companies. And also how early do you think operators should start investing? Like what stage of company should they be at or what stage of their career? Got it. So um, uh, contrary to what Utsav said, I don't connect all my portfolio companies to... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, at, at the right time uh, and the right place, surely. But uh, the biggest value that's not spoken of, and I do it myself, right? Like I had this question on, so we are less than a year old. And there was this plaguing question in my mind on uh, culture at work, right? Now, who do I go and talk to? Uh, my investors can tell me how some of their portfolio founders have done it before, but it's still, it's still second order learning, right? The best learning is I called three founders who are on my cap table. And I said, you it's been seven years since you founded this company. Can you go back to year one and tell me how would you have solved this? In hindsight, what did you do was right or wrong? And that learning is just absolutely golden, right? Because what I was thinking was basis a lot of Twitter and great management books and some learning myself. 
but then i realized that in the end very few books exist about early stage india see india is a very different market uh i'm not saying that james clear is wrong i'm not saying that novel is wrong but fundamentally india is a very different market people's aspirations problems cultural issues are very very different right so uh and when i spoke to those three founders i realized that i was thinking about it the right way but the execution was wrong and i should execute it in some other way right those 30 minutes were invaluable for me and it's very very hard to sort of quantify some of these things right i have met one of my portfolio companies a couple of months back they were hit by covid and we were just brainstorming a couple of things and what they didn't have was the conviction to work on something that they knew was going to make make it big and they just needed a slight nudge and i gave them that nudge and today they are building that it's doing well right and i think what happens is sometimes all of us need help as as a ceo is actually very really lonely at the top right um and i was telling this to one of my angels as well that when you're talking about culture of it's let's say it's simple thing when you're talking about firing somebody right whenever i have fired somebody i always had someone above me to tell me whether it's a right or wrong call today i don't have anyone because the buck stops with me right so it's just hard to do make the decision the first time and it is something that uh you know i think overall if i look at every founder's journey it's it's fraught with a lot of ups and downs you just need that constant mentorship from people around you just having that time from folks who have been through some of these things is far more valuable than anything else then hiring connections a lot of these things uh, uh also do come in uh, sorry i missed the second question that you had how what stage of company should founders begin like investing as well like how I mean, it, it should be the uh, it should be an idea and pre series as types because see okay. in the end we see now also a lot of value no, i think raven she means that uh, yes go ahead founders become investors not before series c ideally I think gone are the days where you said series A was PMF. I think series A is you can see sense PMF. Series B is yes, you have PMF, and series C is you have stable PMF. Stable PMF means now the experiments will continue, but at least there's a lot more stability in the uh, in the business model. You have a very strong management team. You finally are getting some time to contribute and pay it forward as well. Um, Uh, i know i i am an exception we are not at series c and i am doing angel investing but uh i am not practicing what i am preaching but i think the fundamental difference is we've we've seen that india is again a very very hard execution market it is uh it is something where the founder needs to focus a disproportionate amount of their time on making sure that business gets strong pmf and that's just hard to do for the first couple of years so you can say series c you can think about it out four years it's okay maybe you're not raised series c right maybe you are a consumer brand uh and you don't need buck loads of capital every year right uh, maybe you are bootstrapped uh and but it's been 3 4 years you have stable pmf uh you know you can spend time now outside work team is built culture is set you know if someone new comes in everything is moving like clockwork um i don't know what you define it as some may define it as series c some as stable pmf some as 3 or 4 years but you can you can take a pick between uh, between these effectively again on operator side 
also similar right if you're an operator in a large uh, stable business uh, it's you have time to pay it forward as well got it for both of you then what is the when is india going to make the next step towards like operator vcs then like when do you see these like hyper super operator angels raising their own funds <laughs> is that happening <laughs> I mean, uh I think the word which has been uh, used increasingly over the last, I think, uh, year or so is solo capitalist. And I think that trend will come to India very soon. I think people are going to become, I mean, uh, either full-time investors like Ryan Hoover and all of these guys, uh, Neve as well, has raised this thing, Lockie Groom, uh, who's a friend, raised a hundred million fund as well. So these guys increasingly don't want the bureaucracy which comes with venture capital investing and running partnerships at venture firms. They do are i mean they are political environments of course right unless you're running a firm like benchmark where everything is just equal and from get go and small teams so people will become that but i think for that we need a lot more sources of domestic capital or access to uh, more risk capital in india uh, for solo gps as well so people will i think graduate but i think we're still a little bit far out but you're going to see a lot of operators join uh, uh, venture firms for sure i think that's increasingly going to become a trend yeah i think uh, operators joining venture firms will happen a lot more in the coming decade uh what's going to also happen uh, i i i like the term solo capitalist i don't know operator funds i don't think they have a right to exist in india for one particular reason i'm not saying on the on the regulatory side but uh, fundamentally either you can be an operator or you can be a vc i think like angel investing is different uh but our core job is to run our primary business if you ask kunal what does he spend time on he spends 90% of his time on running credit does he write checks yes but i don't like he can't spend time with the entrepreneurs because that's the reality and that's very clearly laid out up front right um i think if you want to become a vc ideally that's the role that you should play uh i think us is a very very different mature market where you can have someone like jack who ceo of two companies uh this the market's just so deep the gdp per capita the infrastructure it's just a different market altogether yeah. india is a very hard market to build to invest um everywhere there are just too many challenges see our our costs are in dollar and our income is in inr it's just not a great place to be able to do five things at the same time and that's the reality right um uh, so i don't know if operator vc will happen operator angel will continue to deepen a lot more and uh, i agree i think we will have solo capitalists soon um, maybe we already are there with a, with a few folks the kind of deployment that i see uh, you know 5 to 10 million being 5 million at least being deployed a year now by a few solo capitalists by via angel list i think that's a sizable enough a 15 million allocation over 3 years is a so we see fat in india yeah Cool. So, based on an audience question, wanted to get your take on like the flip side of being an operator angel, which is like convincing your board and um, your LPs, if you have any, um, that you are not distracted. How do you go about that? This is a conversation that all operator VCs are having around the world with their respective LPs. Um, how do you think that's going to play out? So, one is uh, every potential conflict, even in the future, is out. Uh, that's the simple rule that anyone should have. so um and it may not be a conflict today but it may end up being a conflict tomorrow so that maturity uh is 
very much required in every uh, individual angel investor, whether they're operator, their CEO, whatever it is, right? Uh, it's very, very critical that uh, you disclose all potential conflicts. Uh, best is don't invest in any potential conflicting company at all. I think as long as you maintain that trust, um, usually folks are very, very mature in today's day and age that uh, it's okay to, because again, see for an operator, let's say you're VP marketing at Swiggy, you are just distributing your risk across different asset classes, right? It's okay. If you are a CEO, I think that is where the board, if you're a key man, for example, uh, listed whether you're CEO, you're you are the top 10 leadership, uh, that is where the board would really uh, want to understand. And even there, I think uh, there's a lot of trust in the Indian ecosystem, especially with the top VCs. I've not seen this with, uh, any top VC, in fact, they encourage uh, you to diversify and make sure that you are learning continuously. So um, I think that's the single point. Like, for example, we are in health and wellness, brands, health and wellness, health tech. Uh, even though there are founders who are very keen, uh, I think it's a straight no from me because they may not be a conflict today, but I don't want to even end up in a possible conflict tomorrow, right? Because we may do one business line, which may 10% overlap with a future business line of yours. What's the point? There's, there's, there's no uh, upside to getting into these. Uh, I think that maturity is something that I would urge all angels to always show. Operator angels are, I think, sort of pseudo employees in the companies, right? You want to raise angel capital from people you cannot hire. And that, I think, is a great way for both sides to benefit right if you're sort of working and getting the insights into a different company or a different vertical i think that's great for you to be energized also empathy uh, building an emotional uh, peer group and all of those things i think are just benefits of uh, being on a different cap table apart from yours as well so i think it's going to increase uh, this thing and i think it's a way for entrepreneurs to stay charged up all the time about different spaces and keep on learning right i mean not every entrepreneur has the time to spend time on twitter or reading podcast uh, reading books or podcasts so how do you truly get the lay of the land just by uh, being offline and building uh, right so i think it's a great way for you to just uh, do an educational check that's a great segue to my next question. Our audience has a lot of operators um, who aspire to someday become good investors and angels. Um, what advice would you have for them? Go on AngelList. <laughs> Go on AngelList because I think a lot of people don't realize that actually it is, I mean, it, building access and your brand in VC, I think Sajeev was uh, talking about building this thing. It takes time and it takes a lot of effort and people think that they might have discovered the next big idea but unless you're truly looped into the ecosystem i feel that uh, sometimes i mean i have an unpopular opinion that the best idea does not win because the most connected idea the connected founder ends up winning like why did uber and uh, lyft uh, travis can outraise and outperform everyone he was ruthless uh, with his connections and his capital raising this thing so you really need to be looped into the ecosystem and some of these people i think the more connected capital in the ecosystem is connected to each other. It's a very small ecosystem at the top. So if you can follow these people to build out and get in the know-how of the ecosystem, it's harder to network now because of offline events and all of those things. So you won't meet some of these influential investors as well. So just follow their lead. And I think you will sort of be uh, embedded into the ecosystem in a much, much better way. Uh, and platforms like AngelList, of course, disclaimer, uh, but uh, they truly help people get access to this asset class in a nice way. Ravant, anything else you want to add besides the no, plug I, for I, I, I actually, genius, 
that was my answer go on angel list <laughs> and see as many deals as you can i think there's a very pop i think sequoia said this some don valentine i think maybe 30 years back right you you lose the deals that you don't see so if you're not i'm going to see most of the deals and most of the deals are being syndicated on angel list uh in india today at least the good ones uh of course there are some that are even angel list won't see but i mean as a new angel investor uh i don't think there's a better platform for you to get access to uh a bunch of deals and you can say yes or no to them based on your conviction right so i think everyone has to start small everyone has to burn their fingers a little uh it's a long journey uh syndicates also allow you to put in a lot lesser capital than you would right no i think the biggest problem i realize and the reason i use angel this effectively effectively is gone other days where you could put a 23l check and uh, because that is what i could afford 5 years back today i can afford 5 or 7 maybe but that's not really um materially moving for the founder uh and so how do you add value to the founder in terms of capital as well so a, a significant portion of money now going in from angels in india is getting syndicated uh where the conviction is of the lead angel and you know there are pools of capital that are saying i don't have access and i'm getting access because xyz person has access and is investing in this company is going to help the company is going to be on the board or whatever it is like uh and i get to learn right i get to understand as to why a company works why it does it i get access that i was not getting before and therefore i think uh, platforms like angel list are the best uh course for new angels at least in my mind cool and after the last question this was the most written in question for us um we have obviously all been super excited about rolling funds um through sahil lavingia and robert downey junior iron man now raising a fund um on angel list to rolling fund um what's up when can we expect rolling funds or can be in india So I think two problems uh, in that. I think the bigger uh, thing to figure out is public solicitation. Uh, SEBI, which is the regulator in India, is very, very protective of the retail investors, and they should be. I mean, we've seen uh, hedge funds being taken down by retail investors, and uh, then the house winning again uh, against platforms like Robinhood and stuff. So they're going to be increasingly protective of how uh, they protect the retail investors, and public solicitation is probably not going to be allowed in India. That's one of the key features of rolling funds as well, apart from the other things that. It's sort of an evergreen fund that you don't have to set up new funds and do a big bank raise, and you can publicly solicit capital. These are smaller features, but I think the bigger thing is that we're yet to see sort of the angel class evolve to a phase where they've just barely. I mean, syndicates have been live for three years. Uh, when we pioneered it in January 2018, I think people have now built up a track record over the last two three years, and they're going to graduate to small micro funds. So let them do that for the next few years. Let them. uh run those alum, alumni funds like raven does a, a pretty nice fund with iim his batchmates from iim and so people are going to i mean natural progression is to do a smaller pool of capital and as and when liquidity comes in zomato policy bazaar all of these ipos which are coming up and that will bring the true sort of uh, employee wealth uh, creation moments into this ecosystem and that can truly be um, sort of capitalized by rolling funds and when people have become a sort of these star branded uh, names on uh, sort of Uh, different platforms like twitter or say clubhouse and all of these guys and we'll see some of them raising funds as well so hopefully soon hopefully soon but uh, right now the focus is just uh, getting sure uh, getting uh, sure that people just move from syndicates to funds or now i would request i would actually suggest people to hold on to i i think you look at vc returns in the us they are just fundamentally much 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 better than vc returns in india we have not seen great I actually advise most angels 
uh, who are doing it for IRRs to not look at this asset class. Um, I actually, I mean, strongly, I'm, 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 I know maybe that the objective of this summit was to encourage that, but my real request is please don't invest in this asset class if you are looking to make financial returns because India is a very different market. We are just starting to see VC funds return good returns, which are still nowhere close to the US, but at least getting to better than uh, public markets as such. I think it will be still some time before uh, I mean, I can, I'm happy to publicly disclose my own angel investments have returned less than public markets in the last six years. So um, I think three to four more years, let's wait for returns to stabilize is when you should primarily look at this from a financial outcome. At least that's my view. And therefore, I would be skeptical if the market deepens significantly with uh, rolling funds and such. I don't think the market's ready. I don't think this country is ready for that yet. I think and raising capital and investing capital is easier. Taking and giving returns is the harder part. I think a lot of people have not brought that uh, opinion out uh, also. So let's see where the ecosystem matures. Yeah, hopefully in the next few years. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining this conversation and for all the transparency and knowledge. Really appreciate it. Well, that brings us to an end of another amazing episode. Wasn't that insightful, everybody? I hope as an industry that we continue to debate and think hard about the type of people we want to work with and the best combination of skills and experience to help founders on their journey. I also hope that founders become a little more smart about who they bring onto the cap table, but I also hope it becomes less of a binary view and instead a more nuanced one about diversity of thought and how to make the best decisions collectively. Well, if you enjoyed that particular episode, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast as we bring you more episodes in the coming weeks about everything that's got to do with venture capital in the country. So stay tuned because we will be releasing more episodes from our DCVC Summit. And at the same time, we will be bringing fresh new VCs onto the podcast. So tune back in again next week and catch another great episode. Until then... Stay safe, everybody, and continue to keep hustling.